What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of The Block Sauce, your weekly web show that serves up the juiciest discussions in the world of Web3 and gaming culture. Today, we've got Disney, we've got Ubisoft, uh, G7 DAO's report, or Game 7, State of the Web3 Insights. Uh, we also are going to discuss some studio layoffs and possibly more, so stick around and stay tuned. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host and ReNFT ambassador, Jim Karen. Today, we've got Graslow, Sinjin, and Dub with us on the panel. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Fantastic. Are you guys ready to jump into it? We just want to jump into it? Let's, Let's do, it. do it. That was the briefest I, I'm, I'm good I think I've had on the panel yet, so. <laughs> Dub, I think you're muted. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> Ah, guys, I, 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 yeah, sorry. I just wanted to quickly share some exciting news on my end. I um, have moved on and I am working yes. at Trapnel now, um, leading community over there. I'm really, really happy to do it. Thanks, guys. And I, yeah, I truly feel like everything I've done in Web3 is like leading up to what I'm about to do here. And I'm really excited for the things we're going to do at Trapnel. <laughs> That is phenomenal. I'm glad that they're pulling some gamers onto their team. I mean, I'm sure they got plenty as it is, but <laughs> in our space, you're definitely one of the notable gamers. So I think this is going to be really beneficial for them. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with them for sure. Uh, does that mean that you, you, you're you the guy I need to talk to now for shrapnel, you know, communications? Like, <laughs> are you my end? Dude, my DMs are freaking flooded. No, stop hitting me up. I'm not your merch hookup. I'm not the guy. I mean, maybe I will. I should look. I'll pay for merch. I'm not looking for a hookup, but it, I'll pay for merch. We got we got so many more. We're we're gonna focus on delivering a quality game and everything before we we go back into restocking the merch. I think. Now, I know we talked about, you know, it's not on today's list to talk about Shrapnel, but if you guys are watching right now, let me know what you're most excited for from Shrapnel. There's been a lot of gameplay trailers. We saw Dub and a few other content creators releasing a little bit uh, last week after their play test. So let me know what you're excited for because Dub mentioned it in the space right before the show, actually. The, sh the uh, Sigma jumps look sick. So looking forward to seeing how this plays out. I'm excited. I want to quit Call of Duty. I think this is going to be it. I'm telling you guys, I, I want to quit. I want to, but the gunplay and everything is just too good. So uh, as soon as I find a Web3 game that, that can convince me to stick with it, I had one, but we're not going to talk about them. <clears throat> so um, yeah, first topic of the day, we got Disney launching their pins on Pinnacle, which is a platform, I believe, partnered with Dapper Labs or from Dapper Labs, if I understand correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, to me, look guys, I, I want to hear Dub's opinion. Cause we did discuss this briefly before we went live. Um, to me, it's not really that big of a deal until I see what these are going to actually provide me as a purchaser. Uh, and the reason I say this is the physical pins, they have a value and that stems from the fact that they are scarce. I can't just go buy one. They're given out by staff at the Disneyland uh, locations now we have this digital collectible i can just go buy yes there's a limited number of them still but if it's just buying a j you know so. oh come on man this is the transition this is what it's all about i mean this is me a discount to disneyland <laughs> this is disney <laughs> taking a core piece of their marketing campaign activations the things that their community does and putting it on chain and knowing, mm -hmm. knowing the way companies are going about this, they are going to try to recreate the same things that you said was great about the physical pins. Limited, scarce availability, have to go do something cool to go get it. Like, imagine if there was like a digital collectible pin for going to the opening of Little Mermaid or what have you. Like there's, the sky's the window and they're opening up this loyalty play that really i'm looking forward to seeing and seeing how seeing how it happens and like 
now pins are going to be more accessible because at the end of the day, physical pins are getting traded in this black market that exists of Disney pin collecting. I'd love to see it, but like now it can be front and facing and be supported and be promoted by Disney at the same time. And this just unlocks a ton of new stuff for them to do. Oh, no. I find the timing really interesting and I have so many questions about like the, the inner thinking there because, you know, we're not seeing big brands do NFT projects today and, and already we kind of see like this headline in the in the Web3 media. It's like, you know, we're back. This is great, you know, but in the Web2 media, it's already a failure before it launches because it has to do with NFTs. You know, you almost think yeah. that there was an argument. Why don't we do this as a digital collectible and have nothing to do with blockchain, you know, launch it as an app or whatever. So. I'm wondering, like, are they, is this a bet on the future of like NFTs coming back and having this real utility? Or is this like we saw in the bull market, we saw an argument from some companies of, hey, let's go grab some of this liquidity. You know, let's let's uh, capture some of this um, market that's already there. But um, if anyone's going to do it, you know, Dapper Labs, like they they were famous for uh, NBA Top Shot. They onboarded probably more people to to web3 than anyone has done to date um and and you know say what you will about what they've done since then but um their initial you know forelay like was was really well done so if this is another you know top shot i think it could be amazing yeah and that's where my initial like kind of concern came from was i i was a customer of those products that were between top shot and now and I am highly disappointed as a customer. So I, I hope to see them do a better job. And I imagine they will be because there is a massive, they have a lot more on the line when it, when it comes to Disney and pins. Okay, so real quick guys, I just realized because Dub, Dub's announcement kind of threw me off. I forgot to make my announcement. Grazzo is now an official part of our rotating panel here on the Block Sauce, by the way, guys. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I love yes. to have. Grazlo is one of one of my favorite uh, developers in the space. He always hosts his own uh, Twitter space after Gamified. I mm -hmm. just uh, really enjoy hearing the the really straight talk without the profanity that I have myself. <laughs> Until I jump up on there, then sometimes there's there's a couple of French words that might slip out. I'm, I'm a uh, longtime viewer of the of the blocks all, so I'm honored to share the stage with such esteemed panelists. Thank you for having me. We are glad we are to better have for you. you to be here. Yeah, I, it dawned Absolutely. on me because I'm, I'm watching the chat. By the way, we are watching the chat, guys. Uh, so, you know, Robert says, what's up? So, hi, Robert. Or Robert. Sorry. I'm Robert, Robert. It, it's hard. Anyway, and then uh, Rod said, welcome to the fam, Graslow. So that reminded me. I was like, oh, crap. We were supposed to announce Graslow at the start, not Dub. Dub stole your spot. And you, Dub. <laughs> you get too much love. I know, dude, honestly, it, feels, it, it feels like that sometimes. And like, yeah, super stoked to have Graslow on here, especially because that means as I get way more busy, I can take some time away from the show and, and be that, a and be a viewer, right? And <laughs> I that's told that what to we wanted to do. Morning. We were trying to give you guys, you know, some some weeks off. So that way, not everybody has to be here every week except me. Um, so I hope you guys get some rest find other opportunities in your downtime but we appreciate all the time that all of you guys have put into this show with us so far we're going to keep building it we're going to keep bringing like whatever we can find to spice things up we will, we Actually, will can we hear it, some so. of uh, Grazzo's background and what he's working on real quick that as a plug I mean the man never shills himself anyways no yeah no sh shill us shill us do it well I'm sure Jorge's you all not know here, so somebody's gotta I mean we know but like I mean well, the audience, I, so yeah, I, I don't really show myself, but I think a lot of people know me as the old or guy. Like we, we are building a, um, we, we say it as like a Souls-like MMORPG, um, which is very ambitious, but we're doing so with uh, these these uh, vertical slices that we're going to iterate off of. So we already have a playable version out now, which is uh, Old or Dread Arena. It's on a Hyperplay, Elixir, and Sedona game launchers. But yeah, we're, we're kind of telling the vision. Free. Yeah, free to play, no no NFT required or anything like that. But uh, we're we're kind of um, sharing the vision that we have for this you know massive open world, uh, showing off some teasers and and uh, you know that open world gameplay. But um, we, the next thing we're looking forward to, we we are going to have a big update coming soon. But uh, the next thing after that is going to be our PVP uh, first quarter of next year. 
And I'm going to give Oldor a huge <clears throat> shout out here because they sponsored my charity stream the other weekend and put $200 towards helping sick kids. So Oldor is out there helping us raise money for good causes. Let's go. And the support that they have for creators, dude, every time I've played or streamed Oldor, I'm pretty sure Graslow or somebody from the Oldor team has been there. They're retweeting, they're liking, they're doing everything right by me. So uh, love uh, you guys. Sure. Thank yeah. you. Seriously, you guys have been amazing. Like you were a big part of my creator journey too. And like, I'm forever, forever thankful for that. This is turned into a prank Zoldor space. Uh, Razzle, I feel there is still integrity in this space. <laughs> oh man. There's this like for, for, integrity for, for now. Just wait, baby. I'm just, I'm just trying not to be a gutless wank. That's, that's my <laughs> life's goal. You never will be. Oh man. So did anybody have anything else on Disney? I think, I think Dub did sum it up pretty good. I think there's a lot of factors that are going to play into this. Disney fanatics, they're going to eat it up. I, I, I've seen Disney fanatics and trust me, it doesn't matter whether it's an NFT, a plushie, a pin. If it says Disney on it, they're going to buy it. So I think this is going to go well. For yeah. Them. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to it, it's super interesting to see how they play. Do they do they push speculation and number go up? Do they do limited edition where like it, we need more really, info? I, I really hope they cook um, and, and do a bunch of tests and things because this is just going to give more cases, more examples to everyone else that's watching Disney that, you know, is like halfway through doing this like companies like samsung or what have you and we've yeah. seen collectibles like i don't think anybody's done it well but we've seen you know companies try to do collectibles in the space and not do well like uh you know nifty's uh, which i i was a big fan of and put a lot of you know investment in uh but they had warner brothers stuff um they had you know space jam looney tunes paramount mm -hmm. a number of big brands and just didn't go anywhere now you know vv you know they've been around but um, I'm just really curious, like how they're going to bring in new users and new liquidity, because if, if you continue to, to put out new merchandise, you know, it needs to have some like burning or, or you know, the liquidity needs to go somewhere uh, or you have to be bringing in constant new demand. So that's going to be mm -hmm. really interesting to see how that goes. I think they're going to fumble really hard on something <laughs> like they're, they're going to trip out hard on. I mean, like, I think back on the what was it? The Lord of the Rings DVD experience that was sold as an NFT like that thing. Fuck, I still have that. I wonder. I don't even know. <laughs> Look, <laughs> like if I could kind of stuff, right? if I could start buying movies via NFTs, I'm all for it. I, Look, I know that there are collectors out there. They love their physical mediums. I do love buying physical collector's editions, but whenever I just want to buy the movie, digital every single time, unless I have to have the collector's edition. So I think that there is definitely a market there that maybe Disney could be the first to tap into. Uh, I am aware of the Disney Plus subscribers have been dwindling and apparently it's causing them to go in the red with the Disney Plus service. So they're already starting to license their content over to Netflix for those that aren't familiar with it. Uh, so we're going to start seeing some of that Disney Plus content come back to Netflix because for those that don't remember, it actually used to be on Netflix originally. Um, so I, I don't know. I think that that would be a good medium for them. We'll see how they'd handle this, what they do moving forward. Um, so unless anybody's got anything else to add, we can jump into the next one because the next one kind of caught me off guard. Put a pin in the, the pin topic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. I got you. That joke's already. So um, the next one is actually Ubisoft partnering with Immutable. And the reason this one kind of got me off guard is earlier this year, they announced that they were building their first game and it was launching on Oasis. So are they going, do you guys think they're going multi-chain? Do you think that they pivoted because nobody's really talking about or using Oasis? Like what, what do you think is going on with this? Hey, but, you know, I got uh, some uh, information when we we're I was on Gamified, and, and one of the posters said, uh, commenters said, said I, I hope it wasn't Graslow, but uh, that the Ubisoft uh, division of like innovation, or whatever like that, basically partners with any little small little kind of project or whatever. It's really their kind of fringe division. It's not anything significant at all. Right. So, oh, so you mean status quo for Web3 then, right? 
Yeah. Well, not status quo. I mean, there are there have been a lot of big announcements that have kind of fallen flat, but nothing has really gotten done. I mean, the, you know, uh, Immutable with uh, GameStop, and uh, that was a huge announcement. And then GameStop basically dumped all their fucking tokens on the market right away. And, and just, ditched their wallet. Yeah, and just fucked the entire... Shit, I still uh, have that thing, too. Ecosystem. God damn it. Uh, you know, and so, you know, it's a small step. Um, I don't think it's a big deal at all. Um, but, you know, you, you know, Ubisoft obviously has an ambition for Web3. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think right now, I think it's pretty much on the shelf. I don't think this is a really significant anything. So this is a reach. This is a reach. But we have to think about the timing of the announcement, right? This announcement and this partnership was just announced right after they said that they are going to be moving the Rainbow Six Siege marketplace towards something more resembling CSGO. Could this be possibly a move towards bringing Web3 to the Rainbow Six Siege? Yeah, that's a reach, man. Especially I know, I know. It's six guys who are like in it. They must hate like NFTs like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I don't know. Like think of the most hate group out there and that's like this demographic for NFTs. Like the, you know? they wake up, think about it, and then just get this growl on their face. And this is their fucking morning, dude. And it <laughs> So they think anyone that even like talks about crypto must be a gutless wink. Exactly. On their view, you know? Yeah, I'm just I think saying if if you're if you're Ubisoft, you know, it makes sense to to kind of like nibble in Web3, like to have a mm-hmm. put some small IP, you know, that you don't care too much about over there and see how it does. And maybe if it you know, shows some real promise, then you could actually do something more serious or integrate a bigger title. But I, I, this is kind of a recurring theme for me. I think I'm really curious, what is their motivation? Like, are they thinking like, okay, if bull market comes back, we want to capture that Web3 liquidity with, with a game because, you know, we saw the stuff happening in Web3 and it was all crap. You know, it's like pixel games that, mm-hmm. not to diss pixel games, but you know, it's like, it's games that didn't have fun game loops but people were playing it because it's like, um, you know, button click DeFi. And we can make a better game than that. We can extract all that value for for some tiny IP, minimal investment, and we make bank. Or is it, we see the potential of Web3, let's get some of our users over there and start making more money. I I think it's probably more the former. um, Like, that's why I'm skeptical of Web2 Studios announcing Web3 initiatives. Because I think it's probably like, hey, let's go extract some of that liquidity that we see on the news. You know, some high-level NFT, you know, some high-priced NFT sales. And it's like, we we could, you know, capture some of that. Look, I'm just saying they're changing up the Rainbow Six Siege market in the economy. They're, they're, they got X Defiant in the pipelines, which they've had to delay multiple times. These are two games that they have an opportunity right here to, to start, you know, getting those Web3 integrations into a AAA game. So... Sorry, I, I misheard you. They have an opportunity to fuck those franchises by using uh, NFTs. Is that what you? Oh, just said? oh no, they they fucked those franchises a long time ago. <laughs> that that's not that's not a concern at this point. At this point, it's how far down can they dig, and I want them to dig honestly because even if those communities get mad, at that point, those communities have two options: quit playing the game. Or get involved with Web3. Now, I'm not about forcing Web3 involvement. I do think it should be optional. But a AAA studio that has a chance to onboard their users right now against their will, essentially, it's a good opportunity for them. I'm just saying. <laughs> now, I've spoken like a true Web3 degen. Welcome to the club. Oh, like I you said, I'm not about forcing Web3, but <clears throat> Ubisoft is one of those companies that if they can, they will. Ubisoft, does, they've shown time and time again, they don't really care about the players. They care about making money. And if they have an opportunity, they're going to make money. And I think that's why we're going to see the shift with the Rainbow Six Siege marketplace is because now it's going to encourage player trading and stuff like that. And obviously, they're going to have fees and it's, it's another money tactic. So... I don't know. We'll see. I'm Ubisoft hasn't put out anything I've enjoyed in years, if I'm being honest, because Assassin's Creed all felt the same. Tom Clancy games were probably their best bet, but look what they did with the Division 2. You know, Ubisoft is kind of a meme at this point, it feels like. But X Defiant, when I played the beta, did actually have fun, which is weird because I'm very picky about my FPSs, which is why I've stuck to Call of Duty for so long. 
Um, so I, I'm hoping X Defiant can really swing them around and, and help them gain player favor. But right now, I think that a lot of people are upset with Ubisoft to begin with. So if they force it, they don't force it. I think it's going to go either way for them. Same, same result. People not happy. But we'll see. Anybody else? Anything on Ubisoft? I think you fully killed that topic at this point. There's no <laughs> point to talk about it further. Best, best of luck to him, man. Exactly. Yeah, good luck, boys. Uh, so we also have G7DAO released their State of Web3 Gaming Insights. It was a very in-depth look at the current state of things. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like, I did not read the full report. Thankfully, if you're following the Block Sauce on Twitter, they did release a thread uh, discussing the top seven points that they felt were noteworthy. So did anybody get a chance to look at those before we started? I, I did, did just it. read the whole report. <laughs> oh, you I read did. the whole report? Yeah, Scout's Honor, I read it. I, I <laughs> Oh, my I, God. I didn't even like the tweet. I'm sorry. <laughs> look at this. Well, gets all the love, and now he's just giving out hate. I am busy. <laughs> I'm adjusting to a new role, man. I, I get it, Dub. I am Mighty fine. Dub now with Shrapnel. All us little peons just trying to well, get a little bit of adoration here and there. Well, the first point was Asian Pacific's role in game development. APAC is leading Web3 development with 40% of the teams followed by North America's 30%. Notably, South Korea is on track to be the Web3 gaming capital of the world. No surprises there. I don't think anybody here probably has anything to add. We've all been, I mean, we've had multiple spaces talking about how uh, the East is probably going to lead the charge. And we expected that the Asian markets are going to be, you know, the most popping. So, and, you know, really, I think there's two like competing reasons for that. You know, one is the the NFT hate in, in the West, but also regulation. You know, it, like mm -hmm. if early on, it was uh, kind of favored to be a U.S. registered company because um, you, you had all these like legal protections. And now it's like, well, we want you to be elsewhere because you have all these, you know, legal restrictions. Exactly. Well, I think it's, it's a matter that in the U.S. that um, the guidelines actually are not set and it creates this huge ambiguity. Whereas I'll give an example in China mm -hmm. and Korea. The guidelines are very clear that no, you can't do it, right? Uh, like in Korea, use uh, I think like 2018 or so, like token issuances are not allowed, right? So many of these studios open up subsidiaries in Singapore and have been working from there. And uh, I'm not sure about how the Chinese have set it all up, but you know, with these restrictions, uh, because they're a lot clearer, there are other pathways that do have like, a, you know, a legal way to go forward. Whereas in the US, the ambiguity is like, you're not sure what to be doing, right? Or where the line is. And, you know, obviously the SEC decides where that line is um, fairly consistently, but on their terms, right? So what I mean by that is like, you know, we may not know, you know, what exactly those terms are, but whether they decided on the fly or whatever, then they apply it pretty strictly after the fact, right? Or at least to the developer side of it. So you yeah. know, that I think that's hindering things a lot uh, in terms of, you know, um, US-based developer, I guess, um, motivations and, you know, way forwards and so on and so forth. Well, interestingly enough, even though th those markets are leading um, when it comes to funding, however, the U.S. is actually leading the charge. This is this is kind of mind boggling um, based on the data. Th this data is as of October 15th, mind you. The U.S. has funded four point two billion dollars into the Web3 gaming industry, followed in second place by France with 0.92. So we're seeing almost four times the investment come from the U.S. even though the regulations and everything are unclear. So that's kind of interesting. And that could be the reason why the SEC is so heavy-handed as well. There we go. That's They saw the money going out. They're like, well, how do we bring money in? 
Uh, let's see. Triple A Web3 Games. This is point number three. Uh, most of the Web3 gaming market is Indian mid-sized. The big-budget AAA games are still a bit more rare in the space. RPG, action strategy, and casual are the most developed games. I see that. I, I could easily see that. Um, party games, definitely, you know, you look at Mario Party, everybody loves it. So there's definitely a market for the casual gamers. Um, RPGs, I mean, you, Web3 use cases just seem to fit RPGs the best, in my opinion. So I think that that's kind of to be expected. Now, action and strategy, I'm assuming strategy probably entails like the TCGs and auto battlers and stuff like that. So I can also see that one. But action games, um, I'm, is that FPS? That That's my question because there's no FPS listed here. And I figured that'd be at the top of the list too. I, I bet you that includes that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and I think action games and stuff too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I would think like Smash Bros. or like Street Fighter type of games would fall under action as well. Mm-hmm. But that would be, uh, you know, genre-wise, a little bit odd to have FPS and uh, those type of games slotted together. But by percentile, indie and mid-size make up 82% of Web3 games right now. So... Uh, if you're looking for a triple-A game, you're going to be looking for a needle in a haystack, it sounds like. Uh, although we can definitely mention Shrapnel. I think this is a time to promo. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite yeah. extraction shooter coming your way soon. Uh, I mean, like, even though, uh, you know, the like, you know, how many triple-A games there are in development and how much funding they've actually gotten, like, on a kind of relative basis. And I'm sure that's, you know, quite a bit higher. I think everyone's looking at like, uh, you know, like a true AAA game possibly in Web3 also has a very strong team behind it from a Web2 background, which makes them far more investable, right? Mm -hmm. Than, you know, a mid-tier or whatever. I mean, I have, you know, my team is AAA too. Uh, We're not making a AAA game, right? Uh, But, you know, uh, that's, you know, I'm my studio head and my senior producer, but, you know, these other teams, I would assume like Shrapnel have like, five, six, seven guys who are, you know, uh, of that same caliber and background, right? So, yep. yeah, exactly. And in my experience, like from playing all of the games the past like two years, it was like, it always felt like a 10 to one or like a 20 to one in that like indie availability to triple A availability. Yep. Yeah, most studios don't start triple A, you know, and, and because triple A studios don't want to like risk the, the their IP and or their reputation in Web three, you know, you're seeing a lot of new studios, and some of those are formed by AAA devs and AAA execs yeah. that are <clears throat> forming studios, but they're not going to get the funding to be able to make a AAA game off the you know right off the bat. So uh, I, I think we'll see a lot of, and it just makes sense from an investment and a developer point of view. You know, take take a small risk first, prove that out. Maybe some of these games become AAA over time, or maybe some of the studios become AAA. But if you look at uh, Crypto uh, Web3 Twitter, I mean, uh, when you look at that, I think uh, like 80% of them would build themselves as AAA anyways, regardless of uh, their funding size or whatever. But the reality is as well, is like even the AAA games that are being produced in Web3, I don't think they're funded even close to enough to complete the games that they've already started. Right, mm-hmm. uh, twenty million shrapnel. I think they closed recently. I don't remember what their fund was before. But you look at uh, Parallel, which is uh, in some ways a, uh, it's hard to put it as a triple A, but they, they, you know, they're up there in terms of quality. I mean, they were funded fifty million, right? And I think yeah. that's within their scope. Of, and like, that's a great runway and 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 uh, budget for them because of the TCG as well as their AI kind of. Uh, I don't know what how you would define their genre for that game. Sin City AI, something. They call it like Player One Point Five Experience is is what they've been branding it as. Cool, never, nevertheless. Yep. And uh, I love my it. boy Kobe. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to trying that one when it when it drops. Um, <clears throat> so the other points that were made, uh, which I don't think is going to stand out too much, blockchain tech getting bigger. Uh, witness 2023 witnessed the launch of 81 new blockchain networks targeting gaming with the 40% year over year growth. EVM sidechains and the L2, L3 solutions are gaining popularity. I don't, I think we all expect that too. I mean, as this grows, of course, things are going to pop up new technologies, new chains. Um, so, unless anybody's got anything to add to that, 
It, it is interesting that so many like L2s have like kind of pivoted their strategy to gaming because I think they just see that the, mm -hmm. the other like the other things that they were focused on before DeFi and everything like that's not going to bring in the new users and gaming has the most potential to really grow the ecosystem. It has the most like long term and long term utility and it's the probably the most clearest utility. I would say that, you know, I've been crypto since like 2021 and like May um, and, uh, you know, there hasn't really been utility anywhere except for you know that speculative utility obviously when the bull market comes back uh whenever it does you know gaming may take a back seat at that point uh but if i was to say like someone who's been in crypto since like you know that time and and talk about web3 i think i could only define web3 in gaming right now definitively if you were to ask me to define web3 as an example in other types of applications. I don't think I could do it. Like, I don't, I don't see that. Yep. I, I would have to agree with you there. Um, on the next note, they said that 60% of web three games rely on direct channels. Mainstream platforms like Epic games are increasingly embracing web three games, unity and unreal dominate web three PC game development. Uh, again, I don't think there's any surprise there. Now, when it comes to the mainstream uh, platforms embracing Web3, I think Epic is the safest bet right now. Every game that I see launching on Steam ends up getting torn apart by reviews and comments and stuff like that. So I think launching on a platform that doesn't have reviews might be your best bet. <laughs> just my just my take. Uh, you know, the funny thing is like in Web2, I mean, reviews are everything for games, yeah. right? So like, here's the thing, right? Like. There are some reviews, I've read some of the reviews, and like some of them are one star just because it's, it's an NFT, right? Yeah. But other one star reviews are fairly legit. Like they'll compare it to, you know, an existing Web2 game, which is pretty much like the same game, but they'll say this Web2 game that came out like four or five years ago is significantly better, right? And so, you know, we have this problem where the games that we have developed for the most part are not original games, right? And because the one thing that's lacking in that report is about, you know, kind of how are the economies broken down, all right? Like at what level is the open economy there or not there or, you know, with token or without, I think that would have taken a lot more um, analyst work hours. And I know that game seven is really relying on a lot of, you know, really good volunteers. Uh, and that's so much more of a deep dive, but take that aspect away and then you go game to get game, mono to mono, right? Uh, you know, we're definitely not there yet. Like I have an original PC game that really doesn't fit in anywhere for any genre because it's completely original, right? And, uh, you know, I was talking to an, another uh, Wolfsdown member and he was like, wow, like this is, and he, he knows gaming. He's like, wow, this doesn't exist in Web2 either, right? Does it? I'm like, no, it doesn't. He's like, you're like one of the first or like the one that I can only think of that actually built an original, original game in Web3 that is just an original game. I said, yeah. He's like, why would you do that? You know, like, you're so like, I'm, like I'm happy. It's impressed with, you know, like you're taking this massive risk already in Web3 and you're just compounding it. And I'm like, I love games. You know, I I'm doing this only for the passion of, of doing games. Uh, but you know, because we're only making clones, right? And we're making subpar clones, right? For the most part, um, you know, these reviews are working against us when in fact, the only hope for any game is to get great reviews, right? Um, and so, you know, yes, we can hide behind, uh, you know, uh, Epic's lack of, uh, you know, review functionality, right? But that's also like hiding behind like, oh, we're let's hide the NFTs until you know, whatever, figure it out and it'll be in the, you know, FAQs, right? I don't think it's, it's, it's an approach that um, has any long-term merit uh, to the mission that we're trying to do, right? So long-term, I agree with you, but I'm thinking short-term here. And the reason I say that is a lot of people will go to the Steam and the first thing they look at is those reviews. And if they seem mostly negative, you're probably never even going to get them in the game. At least with Epic, I know, you but can those, get That's legit, the though. That's what I'm saying, though. It's, it's, it's legit. I mean, like, okay, you know, you could be in uh, Thailand and you can see a pretty face, 
uh, and uh, you know you could go home with that pretty face and then find out they have a unit you know uh, and so you know that is nothing wrong but like if you you know were looking at something you know on the surface and ended up being something else or like getting catfished online I mean where does that go you know so Hang on, we got it. We got a comment from Grasla or uh, Gaspode. Sorry, <laughs> a lot of the bad reviews are very fair. It is cringe to see Web three bros defend them. So I actually have to to kind of push back against that take a little bit. I've looked through a lot of the reviews, even Phantom Galaxies, which just recently launched. I think it was yesterday. Already has mostly negative reviews. So I decided to dive into the reviews. The very first review was comparing it to Anthem. If you're getting compared to a AAA game, I think that's a good thing. But I went on to read the review, and because of day one server issues and crashing, they didn't even leave a review based on gameplay. They based a review on the launch alone and was like, well, the servers are bad. I can't play the game. It's a bad game. Look, there isn't a live service game I've played to this day that does not have day one issues. I, I fully expect that. I say give them a little time. But to... Further to that point, I looked at Superior a few weeks back, and one of the reviews was, oh, the game is fun, but I went into the Discord, and everybody's talking about tokens and crypto, and I don't want to deal, deal with any of that. So they left a negative review, even though they liked the game. Some of these reviews do not have any merit, but the ones that do have weight and are genuinely criticizing the gameplay 100%, like, I'm, I'm down to listen to those, and I think games should listen to those and find out what they can do to improve. But so many of the reviews have no merit of the actual gameplay. I, I would agree with that. But again, you know, at the end of the day, when uh, you have this one YouTuber, which I do really like, uh, Juwan. Uh, I, I heard his name recently, actually. Yeah, no, he's fucking awesome. I've subscribed to him on three different accounts because I have three different whatever, wherever, whichever mobile phone I'm using or PC. Uh, and he he rips into them, and obviously he has a game developer background. Um, and you know the one thing though that we don't really get into a deep dive about is why do you know North American gamers hate NFTs? And I think it be, it's it's because they look at it as another cash grab, but another cash grab that's so blatant. You know, I'm from that you know gamer generation that you know. Hey, if GTA comes out with a $180 game, fuck, I'm buying it, right? But don't fucking microtransaction you after I buy it for $180. Like, I will buy the Microsoft, whatever year it is, as a one-off license rather than pay a monthly fee for Microsoft Word, you know, kind of thing like that, right? I'll, I'll deal with my 10-year-old, you know, whatever, you know, Word version, uh, until it doesn't get updated anymore or until I buy a new PC. Uh, just because I hate these fucking microtransaction bullshit stuff, right? Um, and like, if it's free to play, great. Yeah, I understand. That's the revenue model, right? Uh, but, you know, this looks like another massive cash grab on a different level where it's like everywhere you look, you know, token this or, you know, gated that or, you know, need this NFT this. Uh, this is not really well explained to normies anyways. And I think, you know, again, this this value proposition of what is the 10x in Web3, and that comes from, you know, this open sustainable economy, you know, NFTs that, you know, will have value and they'll have value because it's a great game. They don't have value. What if the game sucks or what if the game dies? Are developers really going to honestly develop a whole new game on a failed IP? Right, that already has you know no way of you know generating you know funding liquidity or, or so on and so forth, or a, a community that's just fucking pissed off because it got rugged, right? And you're like, oh well, I'll make a game. Well, like fuck you. I'm like, I'm still upset that I got rugged by these developers, right? You know, so the hate is real, and I think a lot of the hate isn't just NFTs. It's the fact that we haven't given them a real clear reason other than that they're tradable. And, you know, people are going to make more money from it. And gamers are not about money. We're the last basin, basin of, like, hope in our society where it's like we are playing because we're passionate. We want this community. And, you know, the younger generation who are mostly incels anyways, uh, you know, this is the only way that they can interact with society. And do they want to get, like, nickel and dime to death as, you know, they're reminded they're incels? No, they want to live in this world where they can have, you know, 
good social interactions pay once and then just stay in the you know the fantasy that they're living right so i mean i think we have failed as an industry we're not mature enough yet to really explain what the value proposition is um so i think it's fair all around i mean we blame is you know needs to be you know where we are as uh you know creators and developers and I, and i get a lot of flag too i get a lot of flag because I guess on the reverse side that, you know, I don't shill enough in a speculative way. So therefore, my particular game doesn't get as much love. And I've talked to very intelligent analysts and VCs and they say, we're not interested in your game, not because we don't know you and we don't love you and we don't think you're the coolest motherfucker around. It's because we've never seen these, you know, influencers shill your game. And I'm like, these influencers, they, they're, they're going to fucking go to jail one day. You know that. And it's like, <laughs> at the point, but, you know, that's where we get our information from. And that's where we see the flow is. And that is the flow that, you know, the speculative nature of Web3 gaming. Um, and, and you know, if you're not in that narrative, then people could also say, like, why are you here? Right? Well, because yeah. I want to build the fucking game. I that was say, that. That blew me away last night. Like I, I was as dumbfounded as you were on the on that conversation. And like, I wonder if that speculation element for you is like around player reputation, you know, and, and this kind of stuff. And it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see how you're going to pivot from that that combo last night and see how you do. Well, you know, I think uh, I know I had a conversation with Saint who I deeply, deeply respect, and I think you know he's a lot more pragmatic, and also he's younger in the sense that he's more native to the space. But you know, uh, we are of the same mind. We are brothers from another mother, uh, except that he's the younger, more intelligent, and more depth kind of moving guy, and I'm the older brother who's kind of set in my ways. Uh, but the, you know, the DNA for gaming and the passion and something original is there. Uh, but, uh, you know, he he's kind of like, you know, you may be, you know, beating your head against the wall here. Why not go with the flow more as an option? Right. And, he you know, he's also said that he, he loves my approach. But, uh, you know, is it the winning approach in Web3? Uh, but then again, like you want to have this, uh, you know, speculative narrative uh, and go with the flow then of course we're going to ostracize web2 gamers right because you know think about this before web3 or crypto came along like how many of us were really financialized to secondary markets in general not many of us right unless you have that kind of background in it uh which is not a great thing and it's wonderful to be introduced to secondary markets in the financial layer of things right but when it's purely speculative right uh, and, you know, everything is about a speculative narrative. Uh, is that a good thing for game development? Um, you know, in Web3 it is. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, on the fence about it. Yeah. So we got a, we got a couple of comments real quick. Uh, so Gathbode <laughs> said mostly incels should be the name of the, uh, name of this episode. So thanks, Sinjin. Um, Rod said you either belong to the Friends Club or you don't. Crypto bros have fear of backlash and a lot of them have financial stakes and or professional interests in the projects that they support. Plus this freaking optimism bias that we live in Wonderland and Web3 is perfect. Very few have balls to say what needs to be said. I'm going to have to agree with that. I, I posted something yesterday. I didn't expect it to get the traction that it did, but I was calling out those tier lists because it... it People already put two and two together, so it was stemmed from Orangey, but it was not specific to Orangey's recent tier list. Um, he put things like Wild Card, Last Remains, he put those in like C tier. And I saw Paul had reached out to him and was like, hey, did you even play our game? And the dude's like, no. And I'm like, so you're rating these games you haven't even played. You have a large audience who is going to adopt your opinion because you are an influencer and you're putting these games down without even playing them. And he's I thought Orgy, the recent one, isn't he like put all the games that he hasn't played in like the non-played Some ones? of them, some of them. Uh, he he did rate a few and put them in tiers, even though he has not played them. Uh, most of the ones he did not know anything about, he put in that one tier you're discussing. I, I appreciate him for that. Thank you for including me in the in the tier list because I'm usually never included in any tier list, and I don't go to the creator and say, "Well, we're not so, in the tier list." From so my understanding. Just just so we're clear, because I'm not attacking Orangey. 
somebody gave him this tier list so all the icons and everything were already there so he was just thank you to that person yeah he was just trying to to organize based on his available knowledge again i have no no ill will against orangey but it is it is something that i noticed is a problem in the space is people are rating games that they have not touched 99 yes i agree and it doesn't make any dang sense. And that goes to the challenge that we have in this market. You know, we've got investors, you know, VCs and, and just regular investors. We've got speculators mm -hmm. and alpha groups that know almost nothing about the games industry, but they want the gamers to come here and bring us all this liquidity. But they're putting pressure on the actual people that know the industry and saying, well, you have to do it our way. You know, you have to you have to make our measurements and get, you know, high on the you know, you have to be trading high on OpenSea with high volume and high floor price. And the developers are telling them that's not how we're going to attract gamers. This is not, you know, the stuff you want us to do, the influencers you want us to reach mm -hmm. out to are not going to bring the mainstream gamers and long term liquidity that you want. So that's the challenge that we're in. So we're trying, you know, we all want to grow the industry, but the ones that have been leading it so far want us to keep doing it the way that they've done. Well, you know, it's funny though, because if, if I put in an analogy, like Web3 is kind of like either like a really trashy smooths bar or Tinder, and the developers are all here for marriage purposes only. And we're like going on these dates to get like, you know, to get married. And so there's a huge disconnect here. But then again, you know, if you're going to put your profile on Tinder and uh, you ain't going to put like your 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 six pack on uh, there and, you know, say nice things about dogs and walks in the park and uh, or whatever. Uh, and you're going to put like, I'm looking for a life partner. Yo, no one's going to swipe on you no matter how hot you are, you know. Uh, so it is the game that is being played. I'm not hating the game. Uh, and I think, you know, it was um, uh, Finn uh phin who uh did a, his own tier list which is funny as fuck was like <laughs> something like my bags as tier uh my future you know, bags my bag, and then not my bags like just fucking wrecked you know <laughs> <laughs> i saw that and i was like dude at least you were the most honest reviewer ever <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I never did a tier list yeah. for that reason yeah. like Every time I try to talk about a game I played, everyone's like, how did you have fun with that? I'm like, fuck off. Like, I had fun, like, playing the game. Like, if I want to rate it an A, let me rate it an A, damn it. Yeah, don't hate on Dub. Nah, dude. I so Dub, full love for games. And that's the thing. I want to see more people like Dub, Yellow Panther, Handout. Like, people actually out there playing these games, giving opinions, see more traction. Instead, and again, no slate against Orangey specifically, but to see somebody of his size come into the space and he's over here promoting like he put Dookie Dash as an S tier. He put Dookie Dash well, as an course, S tier. Dude, he got he got a lot of money. For, it's a, it's I know he got a lot of money from bags, it. No, I, I get it. But still to see him put that in S tier and wild card in C tier blew my mind. He even had Axie. I think Axie was an A tier. And I'm like. Did you, that's that's kind of what got my brain going. Like, did you play these games? So then you scroll the comments and other people were asking him, well, did you play this? Did you play this? And it's no, no, no. So and I'm if, like, if then the why did you rate them? Were to do our own tier, which, uh, you know, I've been tempted to do just for shits and giggles, right? Or or tier like influencers and, and creators, right? It actually, hang on, Sinjin. So the, actually in the chat, Jorge said, let's do a content creator tier list. So do it. Do it. I want to see. No, no, then you, then we'd all get blacklisted who are like developers and shit like that. Like, I mean, there are certain, uh, you know, content creators who are obnoxious, uh, and maybe that's a persona, or maybe they are super cringe, right? Uh, I may, uh, if I come across them, uh, say something because I don't give a fuck, because uh, I'm really in it for the long game, and you know, I'm fully confident in that. Maybe, uh, you know, insanely so. But even, uh, you know, bigger, uh, you know, studios, they will not ostracize any creator other than, you know, certain creators who say anti-Semitic racist things out of their ass uh, yeah. because, you know, they're a potential channel, right? I understand that. And here's the thing, guys, like, um, and this is one point that I completely agree with uh, Saint on is that there is a game, you know, and this is the game and this is the arena that we play in. You know, then why are we playing in this if we are going to hold this situation, uh, you know, like this kind of position? And I think one level is because 
there's integrity in, in, in that. And I think builders are built differently to be building. You know, sometimes we have to ignore the noise and stuff like that. But on the other side is that, you know, there is this game. And if we want visibility, you know, we have to play this game. And if you play it half-assed, then you end up like Meiji, which is off like 99% of tier lists. Thank you, Orangey and whoever, uh, you know, set that one up. Uh, you know, and, and then that's what ends up happening. And then you have to kind of mm -hmm. just accept it. And I accept it. Here's I accept thing, it. Every though, time I say, I fuck you guys, you gunless wanks. I accept my position where it's going to lead me. So I, I want to I wanna quickly give some kudos to Orangey, though, because even though he hasn't played these games and he rated them, his tier list popped off and everything, he is actually going in out of his way now to find some of the games he rated that he hadn't played to play them. I saw him playing Mega Weapon yesterday. Uh, he seemed to really enjoy it, and he, he'll probably update his tier list as he gets exposure to more of these games. It just blew my mind that I see people like Dub and them post, you know, something up, a review or whatever. And it, basically, we're out here supporting him. It's just us. It doesn't really pop off outside of our little bubble. But then somebody like Orangey comes in who is not fully educated. They haven't tried most of the games. And it just goes everywhere. And that's what people are going to see is these big influencers. So they're going to have a much larger impact. And like Graslow said, you know, VCs and stuff are going to see that. And if they see these games getting thrown at, like, absolute bottom tiers by these large influencers that's going to affect their ability to get that funding no absolutely so, yeah but Orgy, just, if, you, if you are listening to this i know paul and, and katie and they're fantastic not just Paul's fantastic. trying to get him in paul's trying to get him in already <laughs> yeah i yeah, saw yeah, that thread and i was like go paul it'll happen yeah i'm not worried about <laughs> it um don't don't hate me i had a hard stop at the top of the hour i forgot to mention to, to you at the beginning well, real quick, one last topic. We'll wrap up. Roblox, no big deal, no deal. No deal. It's going to happen like five to six years from now. If, yeah, it's a big deal already in the works a long time ago. Like they they already are releasing limited scarcity collectibles that are tradable on their marketplace. Like they they're taking baby steps with their community towards NFTs and that all of the on chain activations and like they're. They openly share their strategies and everything and, and developer summits and everything left and right. Like every time I go to one in SF, there's some weird dude from Roblox talking about their metaverse or blockchain or whatever strategy, like every single one I go to. Well, they oh, mentioned, I didn't know that. So they mentioned in the statement or like, you know, when he was having this conversation, the CEO, he mentioned, um, so you could take these NFTs to other marketplaces. So I'm just wondering like, what what is where is this liquidity that they think exists still i don't know well i think oh, it's well. because like roblox is you know the one thing that i you know when i was working for uh you know a market leader the the difference is that a market leader can make their own market timing they can move the market and i think with roblox case you know when they decide to do it they will have enough um internal support through their community to make that move and have their own liquidity in. And at that point, every single crypto Web3 bro will be jumping up and down and, you know, Coming taking back. off their pants. We did it, we did it. Yeah, yeah. we're I'm, I'm not wearing <laughs> pants today. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, I know that Dub's got a hard stop, so we're going to wrap it up here, folks. Thanks for joining us for another exciting episode of The Block Sauce, but we are now going to come to a close. Before we say farewell, give a huge thank you to Graslo, Sinjin, and Dub for joining us this week. We couldn't have done it with all our amazing viewers and supporters. Your engagement and passion fuel our drive to bring you the hottest topics and thought-provoking conversations week after week. Remember that the sauce never stops flowing. Stay connected with us on social media. Share your thoughts. Suggest future gaming and Web3 topics that you want us to tackle because your voice also matters. That's going to be it for today, sauce enthusiasts. Join us next time for another amazing episode of The Block Sauce where we'll keep the gaming flame alive and the discussion sizzling. Stay saucy and keep gaming in the exciting realm of Web3. Have a Love good you, Rod. <laughs>